Welcome to SafetyNet, a patient safety podcast with news, trends, and ideas from CRICO, the insurance program for all of the Harvard Medical Institutions and their affiliates, bringing a data-driven approach to reducing medical error through clinical analysis of malpractice claims. Advising patients about what age to start screening mammograms or how to follow up when an imaging result is negative. What about dense breasts, genetic testing? Modern breast care, especially diagnosing cancer, is fraught for primary care physicians. But this year, they get a little extra help. Specialists in the Harvard system updated the Crico Breast Care Management Algorithm in early 2019. And it takes into account some of the newest areas of clinical and legal risk. Our guest today is going to see us through some of the highlights of the updated breast care guideline. Joining us now is Dr. Michelle Speck. Dr. Speck is an assistant professor in surgery at Massachusetts General Hospital in Boston. She was on the Crico Breast Care Algorithm Task Force. Dr. Speck, thank you for joining us. Um, thank you for having me, Tom. <laughs> where, where were the big challenges for primary care providers today in breast care, and how does the algorithm help? You know, I think that one of the biggest challenges is the treatment of breast cancer and recommendations for screening for breast cancer is a moving target and kind of staying on top of the new algorithm and staying on top of the new recommendations can be a challenge in terms of managing a primary care practice when there's a lot of um, other disease processes that they have to keep an eye on. And so we sought to create this algorithm in a multidisciplinary team approach to help keep our patients safe and also allow PCPs and gynecologists um, to be able to have the latest information with regards to screening and consolidate it amongst all this different data. Now, this, this initiative was coming through CRICO, uh, which is the malpractice insurance and patient safety company for Harvard. So what were the kinds of things that we were seeing in our claims? So I think that, you know, one of the things that we looked at in terms of reflecting upon the risk management and the claims that we're seeing is that communication between the primary care doc or the gynecologist managing breast care of patients is key. And so um, in stepping back and looking at ways that we can improve, it's really interpreting the test, making sure that you're reading the results of the mammogram and the ultrasound of the breast, communicating those results to the patient and allowing the patient to understand that you've followed up with the plan and followed up with the patient's complaint, if there's one, to completion. And so that's, that was one of the key take-home messages. Assessment, of course, is also key, and that's going to happen with any assist assessment, but it's really referring the patient to the correct physician, referring them to genetic counselors when appropriate. That's the way that primary care doctors can keep themselves safe. And so when, when we look at our uh, malpractice data, we're seeing claims around dense breasts and the conversations around the, the testing around that, uh, low age, high risk conversations, it's negative test results. So a lot of it seems to be around conversations. That's correct. I mean, in my world, taking care of breast cancer patients, there's a lot of conversations, you know. Um, it is a world where many of the decisions that we make around um, ordering tests or performing procedures, it's a shared decision between the physician and the patient. But I think that 
if there's a self-detected mass by a patient, that's something that primary care doctors really need to pay attention to. And even if the primary care doctor may feel as though the mask is not easily palpable, um, ordering tests to just be sure that there's not an abnormality there is a good approach. The other way to keep people safe is paying attention to family history. I mean, so much of our world is now talking about um, genetic testing and trying to identify patients who may be at higher risk for breast cancer. And so being sure to take a very thorough family history um, and referring to the appropriate genetic counselor if that's appropriate. Um, Density, as you already brought up, is a hot, hot topic. We know that there's legislation that's been passed in many states around the country that radiologists are required to report a patient's breast density so that patients would have the option to add additional imaging if appropriate. And this is uh, required by law in Massachusetts. Uh, This is something that appears on a woman's report of their mammogram that they receive. And so many primary care doctors and gynecologists may be having these questions about breast density. And we use the opportunity of this algorithm to help educate these physicians with regards to that. So uh, the Harvard institutions have gotten together and created an algorithm, and they did that uh, for the first time, I think, back in the 90s with uh, multiple updates since then. Um, Is there something about the current moment that uh, we felt we needed to uh, update the algorithm again? This is something that we do on a regular basis, and so I've had the opportunity to be part of the uh, planning committee for this algorithm for many years, and I think I've participated in at least three, maybe four updates. And so we there wasn't anything particular that came about, but we kept things some things the same um, and there were other things that we did change. So it was it was an appropriate time to do it. Well, I was going to ask you if if you could spotlight a couple of the key changes. So some of it we've already alluded to before, but we really spent a lot of time this go around talking about breast cancer assessment and um, reviewing guidelines for those patients who present who are asymptomatic. And we specifically began with taking the family history. Again, so much of our world is genetically based. We've learned more about genetics that that is key because I could imagine um, that if a patient were to develop a breast cancer in the future and understanding uh, and not taking a family history appropriately, there could be some risk associated to a PCP if they were not um, engaged in that genetic process early on. And so we emphasize the importance of updating the patient's personal and family history of breast cancer. Reviewing the recommendations for genetic testing was another thing that we thought was important and advising those patients appropriately. And then other risk factors, whether they've had a biopsy that shows atypical cells in the past, some patients who undergo radiation before the age of 30 may be at higher risk for getting a breast cancer, and there are other uh, reproductive risk factors. And then we try to drill down and focus on the models. This is something that's you know, part of a primary care and gynecologist practice on a routine basis now um, to utilize some online tools that assess a woman's lifetime risk of developing a breast cancer. And we do that because there's recommendations that if the lifetime risk of developing a breast cancer is greater than 20%, then one would consider adding additional screening to mammography, and that additional screening is normally a breast MRI. So that was um, something that we spent a lot of time talking about those patients, who needs routine screening, who would need enhanced screening mammography. 
And we also incorporated multiple different recommendations for our previous algorithms. We were somewhat just focused on um, organizations um, like the National Cancer Network, NCCN, the American Cancer Society, and their guidelines. But we tried to incorporate some of the guidelines that came out of the U.S. Health and Preventative Services to, um, you know, incorporate a lot of what the PCPs are seeing, which is not everyone needs a mammogram on a yearly basis, but incorporate some of those recommendations. The information with regards to how to deal with symptomatic patients was not that different than previous. Those were fairly um, similar to prior algorithms. Would you say that it's uh, fair to say that the breast care algorithm uh, helps clinicians manage both the clinical risk and their liability risk in breast care? Or is that distinction just not that useful? No, I think that's extraordinarily useful. I mean, I think fundamentally one of the reasons I, I really enjoy working with CRICO is, you know, clinical care, you know, is, is right there with minimizing risk. Um, and so I think the two go really hand in hand. And, and so this is an algorithm um, that should be used for clinical practice. And if it's used, I think, since I was part of designing it for clinical practice, then that's also going to minimize risk. So if you had to say uh, there's a meta message or the big message in the publishing of this update, what would you say that message is? You know, I, I do think the meta message is communication. You know, I think that we are living in a world um, where uh, the electronic medical record is extraordinarily helpful, but it also is something that we need to be wary of to confirm that we continue to communicate with patients in a way that they understand and accept. So really the take-home message is we emphasized that, you know, if a patient's unsatisfied with the idea that there's nothing there, you know, that they don't see anything on imaging, you don't seem to think that this is a problem, um, make sure that documentation of these interactions occur um, in order to support those decisions. I think that, again, making sure that you see the mammogram and ultrasound report um, and confirm that there's negative imaging or if there's not, communicate with the radiologist or refer to a specialist, refer to a breast center, refer to a breast surgeon, because I think that's going to keep everyone safe. Explaining the patient the test results are, are very important and that communication could be done by telephone, um, but make sure that you document that telephone call similar to the way you would document a face-to-face -face encounter as well. And then ensure that these notification of test results have a tracking system and that really minimizing loss to follow-up, I think, is very important. Thank you so much. You're and, welcome. Thank you so much. And Dr. Specht is an assistant professor in surgery at Massachusetts General Hospital in Boston. She was on the Crico Breast Care Algorithm Task Force. I'm Tom Ajello. Thank you for listening to Safety Net, a podcast of news, trends, and ideas from Crico, the insurance program for all of the Harvard Medical Institutions and their affiliates, bringing a data-driven approach to reducing medical error through clinical analysis of malpractice claims.